Well, welcome to the hot seat. Rafiq and I changed the name of the show. It's the hot seat. We are immediately changing it back. And today on the hot seat, we've got... Say your name. Tony God, oh, this seat's so hot. Oh, oh it's oh. burning his bottom. This are insane. Welcome to So How About This. My name is Alan Dempsey. That guy right there, his name is... Rafiq Sheen. And Tony God introduced himself already. Tony God, how the hell are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. It's been a little while. You look super, man. Oh, because I have a Superman shirt on. Look at that. So what you did is you took the thing I was wearing, but you made it a different thing. about. You set it back to me. Oh, my God. Observational Comedy 101. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a thing and then I turned it into a joke. Take it easy there, Clark Kent. Uh, Uh, Oh, that's from the glasses. uh, Because I also wear glasses. Oh my god, this is going to be a fantastic episode. (laughs) Uh, What's happening, man? What you got going on in your comedy world, Tony God? Well, you know, mostly depression. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. There's big bucks in that now. You know what? That's the thing. It's like you see somebody open up that floodgate. Oh, man, finally. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, I can monetize all of it. All the tears out. (laughs) Laughter. Oh, yeah, depression. Oh, it's fun. It's funny that you say that because literally talking about monetizing depression... Somebody posted in the Tampa Bay Comedy Forum a thing about like laughter behind the tears, oh, yeah, and yeah, Gary Goldman. Oh, Gary Goldman is pulling out, yeah. The Great Depression. So. Yeah, yeah exactly. laughter behind the tears. That sounds like something. That sounds like something somebody wrote thinking it was fucking brilliant. Like yeah. no one knows that comedians are sometimes depressed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna be the genius that exposes that rare crazy <laughs> yeah. idea. No one's heard this before. <laughs> hey Robin Williams, how are you? Hanging off yeah, the short man. Rope. Oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. Whoa. Man. This everything just took a turn. <laughs> Too late? Too late? Is that Too late? Too late. Too late. Yeah. Not soon <laughs> enough. Not soon enough. <laughs> You know what's funny? It's made of too late. I still, when I do the joke on stage, I have a joke about Princess Diana, and people still go like <gasps> and like boo in the audience. I'm like, what? How Wasn't fucking that long? like 96? Yeah, like how fucking long do we have to wait for this bitch to like be dead before we can talk about her? I think the problem is that it's anything. It's like you can't use historical references anymore. Yeah, everything's like that. Is Lincoln got shot. Oh, there was a civil war. Hold on, pal. <laughs> Let's just take it easy. I did not come here to hear Lincoln jokes. Okay, you leave. George Washington's wooden teeth out of this. Right. You, should, you should hear my hot twenty-five on Cleopatra. Like, how racing does that get? Whoa. <laughs> No man. Fucking your mom like Nero. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright, so I was given a request, and I, I don't really care about the request, but I do find this fascinating. I want to know, we have a mutual friend, Brian Tyson. Okay, yeah, yeah. What was the music project? Was there a music project oh, that you worked on with him? Brian How much of this are you willing to talk about? Tyson. 
I'll tell you the whole story. And by the way, he's a good friend of mine. So, Listen. old family friend. But I'm also not unaware of who he is. So, I'm just... I, you I call him... Completely unaware. You call him Brian Tyson. Oh, or do you call him DJ Flying Brian? I call him Flying Brian. <laughs> okay. I do remember DJ Flying Fly Brian. Brian, man. Okay. I met Brian when he was in school. Mm-hmm. I was out. I was done. I was, you know, I'm older than him. But uh, back when he was in, in high school, uh, and he was he was uh, living uh, with his dad, uh, and like he had, his dad had a garage. He had garage. the studio in the garage. Yes. I remember that. Well, he had a studio upstairs in this room. Okay. I know what you're talking yeah. about. So Brian is, so I, I don't even remember the exact, how he exactly met, but um, Brian is, was just amazing. A DJ. Okay. And he was like the best. <laughs> he was. He was. He still is. He's a kid, talented motherfucker. Kid you not. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's one of the best DJs to this day. And this was back in the 80s. Little you, skinny okay? white kid. This, and yeah. he could cut. You would not even imagine. Like the, and, and I took him into the studio because it's like back then, not like today, where you could do everything in your home on a laptop. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you had to go into a studio, you had to pay for studio time, you had to pay for the reels, you had to pay for an engineer. Right, right. <laughs> so you had to pay for everything. And so I saved up money and I got uh, some blocks of time. And we would go in the studio and, and Brian would come in and he would actually, like, he would cut live. Wow. Like the stuff, we had the demos, I still have the demos. And you can listen to him, and he's cutting those things that you're hearing. Those are him cutting live, man. Wow! So it was like just it was amazing. So it was it was, uh, it was one of those things where you're like, man, this. And yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to him in a bit, and uh, I actually talked to um, to another friend of ours, um, uh, Alvin Funk Ghost. I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry, not aware of Alvin the Funk Ghost. Oh, he's, he's not he's Alvin the Funk Ghost. <laughs> Funk Ghost. But uh, no, he, yeah, he's because uh, we all came up at the same time. I had uh, like my partner was was Rob. Uh, I don't know, you, you probably met Rob I, before, Beatbox Rob, and he, uh, he. I have met him in Ebor, which yeah. that speaks a lot about Ebor that you go Beatbox Rob, and I'm like that's beatbox where Rob, I know that guy. Yeah. You know that no guy, beatbox the Beatbox Rob, Rob <laughs> that guy with the beatbox. <laughs> so yeah, so so we would go ahead and and uh, Brian was our DJ, and uh, so he would come in. What were you and, doing? Oh, I'm the, what do you think? I'm the lead rapper, man. Oh, okay. You know? You were, you were kicking the funky rhymes. Of course. Yes. Were, they, were they funky fresh rhymes? They were funky fresh rhymes. Okay. They were funky. My, as a matter of fact, I think we... Actually, we did. We made a song called Make It Funky. Of course you did. It was very, and it's very 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very 80s. Which means you're telling me it aged perfectly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got, it's got all the James Brown samples and everything. Oh, yeah, it, so it was it was very It was cool, though, but... Uh, but no, we made some cool music together, man. But you know, he went on. Now he owns his own studio. Uh, he's he's a, he's a got producer. A full music he, I think yeah. he still lives in my brother's 
house. Well, he's... I don't know. I, I haven't seen him in a while. I probably just said something I shouldn't have. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, we're trying to avoid you. But, right, uh, yeah, like this, but, this is where, like, the West yeah, he's, he's got like uh, He's got, like, gold records and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's serious, man. But he's didn't you guys serious. get close to having a real record deal Yeah, or we, we came close to getting a deal with Atlantic Records back wow. in the day. This is... This people... This is... See, I kind comedians, of... Comedians... None of the comedians in Tampa know any of this that's why they they don't know here's how much they know about me nothing (laughs) that's why i brought this up because i wanted to know like most people don't know to talk about i don't care man it's it's my history i the the difference is i'm i don't go out and brag about it Mm -hmm. you know it's like i'll talk about it because it's part of my history and it's a good history Mm -hmm. we had a we had a lot of good fun and we made a lot of good stuff Uh, i mean yeah like i've known you for a hot minute and i have Oh, like, you know, I'm you listening know. to this. Like, is this like a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch thing that's going on fact, right now? Or is matter of like, fact, was it I met right Marky Mark <laughs> when he was with the Funky Bunch. Nice. So that's another story. Was your group? Was it all white dudes? Uh, it was, um, well, Brian's Brian's white. Yeah. Rob's white. I'm half Puerto Rican. Okay. Uh, and then um, the uh, Alvin, they their group was. Um, Originally was called Black Saturday, which I thought they should have kept that name. They changed it, and that's a whole different. That's a different thing, man. <laughs> what was your that's group music. called? Our group was Deuces of Wild. Deuces are wild. Deuces are wild. Okay, so yeah. I have vague well, memories well, of this. Yeah, yeah. At, knowing Brian, he was—I mean, he was my brother's best friend oh, for man. ages. So you might have heard a couple of our. I tracks, probably did, yeah, and yeah. I have these like vague. Memories of my brother telling me, like, yeah, they got a record deal. This like is we real. Were, we were like, <laughs> and and uh, then like one day it just wasn't real anymore. Right? You it's, know, it it's very. Uh, that's the thing, man. It's like you can't get too hyped up over things because it's never done until it's done. Yeah, right. until ink's you know? on paper. Not even then. Not even then. Until you get your first paycheck. Until you put something in the bank, then it's even real. then, no, even then it can change. Because I know yeah. um, there's always those stories about yeah. one of my favorite artists. He has a story about getting this giant advance, yeah. and then something fell through, and he had to give money them back. back yeah. Their giant that's the advance. And that, well, that's the thing with uh, a lot of people don't understand with the music industry. Like you see all the flash, that's advanced money. Mm-hmm. That's a loan to the artist. So that money has to come before they get another paycheck, before they see any royalties, all that money has to be paid back to the record company. Oh, wow. So a lot of people don't understand that. That's why you see some of these guys go on the road as long as possible because that's where they're making money. You know, that, so they're you, making, you're telling me Justin Bieber is not as rich as I thought he was. Well, actually, Justin Bieber is probably richer than you think. <laughs> right. But, I mean, in general, I mean, he's still around. His, his music true. is still selling. Well, and also, you see these guys where they first come out, and you're like, oh, I've never seen who this guy is. And he's got all this money. You know, he's got everything that's these like highly polished videos. He's got all the bling. Every, you know, he's got the fancy car. All of that is to advance him to the next step. But if he don't get there, all that money that they spent on him, he has to pay back. One of my favorite rappers right now is a dude called Little Dicky. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's good, man. A, yeah. He's got a song called Save That Money. Yeah, yeah. I was playing that the other day. Yeah. 
The whole premise is he shoots an entire music video Without for as cheaply as possible. <laughs> so he's like knocking on people's doors. He goes to another rapper's music video to get his audience yeah. in the background of his shots. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now you know, and I hate to point this out, the only reason he could do that was because he's a white dude. Yeah. He looks very... Non-threatening. Yeah. So he was going into rich neighborhoods, which if he was a black guy knocking on doors oh, like right. that, they wouldn't have asked. They wouldn't have said, "Oh no, no, we're not going to do that." They would have. You better get off my property. Right. <laughs> <Boss>. <laughs> it would have been a whole different thing, a whole different video. Right. But uh, no, that's a funny. It's a funny video, uh, man. It's, it's good. good. He's, yeah. a, he's a good artist. He's actually really him. good, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, so how far did you get? Did you guys ever perform? Did you? Yeah, we. Well, I've I've been performing. At every stage, uh, as I've come along since I was a kid, um, but I performed back in high school. I actually had a group, my own. We had a group in school, and that's a whole story right there. Because this was in eighty-five, eighty-six, nineteen eighty-five, eighty-six, before any of this stuff was popular before anybody was doing anything with it. I was the only white rapper, color-wise, skin tone-wise, that you knew about besides Beastie Boys mm-hmm. in this in this city. So it's like nobody else. So it's like everybody knew who I was. Uh, and we actually set up a whole thing in school. We had a group called Positive Control. and That's a good band. No, that, Sounds familiar. I feel well, like I know some of this. It, well, because we, we made the front page of the school paper. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Back hey, up, man! Back don't up! Too much. Listen, now, take it Jesus. easy. Take, take it easy. It okay. Easy. But uh, but we were very uh, popular in the school because we would perform. I, I set up a deal. I literally went into the principal's office. <laughs> I kid you not. We sat down at a big old table. And I think the only reason I could do this was because this guy was Italian, and I think he's dealt with other people like this. <laughs> so, so I was like, I was like, listen, we want to do. I want to do this group. We have this group, and uh, I want to be able to, because I was trying to get it turned into a, uh, an official club. So okay. now, now I'm pretending so to see him. He's got so a white hat on his leg. I was trying to get it set up so, so we were like an official club so that we would have like our own page in the yearbook, nice. which, we had, which we ended up getting all over the yearbook anyways. But uh, I was like, I was like, I like, we got to, we even, we even brought in a girl to be our secretary. This girl that we knew, nice. said, will you be the secretary? I said, yeah, okay. We got a secretary already. We gave each, we get, had, all had titles, like roles. Okay, I'm the, I'm the freaking president. I just love, I'm just, the, so, I've got Tony Soprano I, on the other side of yeah, the yeah. table. I set up, I set up that we could uh, meet, like when they had club day. You know how you have club day at school? Mm-hmm. I could pull the group out of class like everybody else left class and we got to have our club meeting so we got to use like the chorus room or the band room whichever was open Mm -hmm. so we'd like hang out for an hour just rapping and beatboxing and just goofing off we used to go into I used to go get my beatbox because the group had three okay (laughs) three Rob was a carryover because Rob's from the neighborhood we grew up together but we had like three beatboxes in the group, and we would perform at all of the pep rallies. I set up a deal so we get to perform at all the pep rallies okay. and the school events. So like, okay, but you have to make it about something, uh, you know, like educational 
or positive, and that's where we came up. That's how I came up with the name Positive Control. I said, well, our group's name Positive Control. So he's like, okay, I like that. I like that. He just said, oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, so I was so. A we, Jimmy is an A. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But it was cool, man. It's like we actually performed at the biggest, like in front of the whole school. So everybody was familiar who we were. We would hang out. At, they used to make us uh, disperse, like at lunchtime and right after school. Because at lunchtime, we would stand in the corner there and perform and, and battle. We'd have other. We'd have people come from other schools to battle us. Okay. Like wow, from, this is like well, real back in the day. Well, when now here, come yeah, from yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me name drop. Oh, shit. Let me name drop my school. So I went to King. I remember King. Yeah. And we used to we used to have people all the time come from Tech, which is right down the road. Uh huh. So we would battle all the time, and uh, <laughs> That's the, crazy. the the crowd would get so large that you couldn't pass through the hall. So they the 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 vice principal would come and they would have to break it up. They'd, okay, you guys got to disperse. Blocking the hall, we got another lunch coming. You know? mm-hmm. so we had to. Yeah, hey, yeah, so we got a sec. We got so second you just lunch. Had to go coming. down to tech. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we did. We've gone to tech too. Yeah. Like we take off because it was open campus back then too. Right. This was at the end of open campus. Uh, so we did all that, man. And then uh, it, from there, like everybody kind of went their own ways. And, but no, we were we were hot in school. And then after I graduated. And I came back, I, I moved away because I, I'd, uh, I went into the Army, got kicked out, came back to Tampa. That's when I met Brian. And that's when, uh, you know, me and Rob hooked back up and we started doing demos, man. And we, uh, we got close to a record deal with Atlantic. I got, uh, I got close to having Alvin and his group signed. Uh, I had the, uh, the A&R lady, she was coming out regularly to the shows, you know, they basically want to see the progression, mm. but things, things fell through, man. Things so, if you through. don't mind me asking, because I, this is the thing I'm always curious about with bands, because they always say like things fell through, and then nobody elaborates on. What do you feel like was the thing that fell through? Well, <laughs> like, what, what do you got? Here's, like, here's why Brian was doing shots. Here's why they say. You know? Here's why they just say things fell through. Because a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> like you can't, it's hard to just say one thing. You know, there's not one thing because we had an opportunity as uh, the rap group with Dudes of the Wild, we had, a, we had a, a, a decent look at getting a record deal. But the truth was they were better acts coming up. So they, they were going to pay their attention elsewhere you know, you start to cool off if they don't, you know, if they're seeing something hotter, mm-hmm. you know, and there was hotter stuff going on. You know, that, that's when everybody was breaking at that point. We, and we were pretty novice compared to where everybody else was mm-hmm. as far as like putting together uh, a solid production that gotcha. stands out. You know, it's like, okay, this is different. You know, we were right in, this, in the mainstream of it. So we weren't that different. Gotcha. Uh, so that kind of fizzled but at the same time i had i had directed their attention to uh to black saturday who had who had at that point changed their name to tap ghost and phobia and uh they were really strong in the scene man they they made the uh like back in the early days 
the um, the Tampa Bay compilation uh, CD that they would put out every year. Mm -hmm. This is like in the early 90s, mid 90s, and I think I still have a copy. But they were really getting a good buzz, man. And then uh, so I had the A and R uh, paying attention to them. I had a couple other people looking at them. I mean, they were really, really close. I'm to Simon and I'm telling you this right now. The next time we have Tony on, we have got to play all of this music. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I got I got a lot of it. Some of it's online. As a matter of fact, um, one of the well, let me finish this story. I'll, I'll get to the song. But uh, so Tap Ghost and Phobia were doing really great as far as performance, but they got involved with other people. That instead they had more uh, interest in riding their go in their coattail gotcha. than like putting them on top. So they kind of uh, um, went through their own thing, and that pulled them away from the record deal because yeah. they yeah because I tell you man, if anybody were to break out of here at that time, and and have become a huge thing on the scene that would have been the group because they were so original, so solid. Their stuff, I'd still play today, it, I still, to this day, and this is like 20 years ago, over 20, it was like 30 years ago. Yeah. Their music still holds up to today's music. It's just that size, that, it's quality, man. It's quality writing, quality, uh, quality sampling, quality uh, uh, music, you know, the beats and everything like that. Well, after that was done, I had been evolving into what would become the uh, the rock rap rage. You know what I'm saying? The mid-90s. The rock rap yeah. rage. So that's where I was. And it was actually, we, we, it was going pretty good because now I had a live band. And, and originally, I was working at the, um, at the Ritz Theater. And I was a bartender, a barback bartender. That's where I met Marky Mark, by the way, because hmm. <laughs> he came to the form. There's no point in time where I will never have a small bit of pleasure at hearing the term Marky Mark and the Funky Marky Munch. Marky Mark and the Funky Munch. And I'll tell you, as a side note, I know everybody keeps talking trash, man, but the guy was cool with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you right now. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he offered me some Calvin Klein's. <laughs> Well, I mean, dude, he's pretty ripped, man. But uh, so I walked because I, I was uh, taking care of the bands, you know, I was to do with taking care of the writers and the and the and the dressing room and everything. So I went back, introduced myself, you know, that's what I do all the time. Go back, introduce, talk, you know, see what they need. As soon as I walk in, he he gets up, walks across the room, and introduces, shakes my hand, and introduces himself. Nice. So I mean, that was like that right there told me everything I needed to know. I was okay. This guy is like he's straight up. He's cool. You know, it's like he's 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 not assuming that right. I know anybody, you know, right. that, that he's bigger than anybody else, or at least at that time. Because, I mean, it was like it was that was one of those things where you hear everybody talking trash. Like, this guy's such, you know, he's a jerk. He's an asshole. You know, it's, oh, he's pretty cool to me, man. Maybe because yeah. I was bringing him drinks or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, 
But uh, you, you see that all the at least at my job you see that all the time because there's like acts that come through yeah. and play and you're just like you got famous people all the time over right there. and it's like most of the time hey guess what like they're not actually assholes they just don't want to be bothered by a stranger well know? that's the thing you only hear about them being assholes when the person on the other side of the camera is being a dick you know it's like, yeah. it's like why is this guy being such a dick well because you got a camera in his face yeah and he's grocery shopping. But one of my favorites is, like, uh, Tobey Maguire. Like, it's around the time of, like, Spider-Man 3. People are, like... He's, like, at an intersection, and they're surrounding his car, like, photographing him. He's just going, it's like, get the fuck away! Like, I'm driving! You know? All of a sudden, he says, Lady Diana. Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> ah, too Uh-oh. late! Too late! <laughs> too late. But no, we did, we did pretty... As far as the music goes... That last stretch was really fun with the band, and that music's on the uh, on. Uh, I got a couple of the songs online from the demo. Like we never really. I made, was just trying to look for it while you were talking. Up, I couldn't find it. Uh, well, the name of the band actually is is Resin Torque. I thought it was Deuces Are Wild. No, no, that's not online. Okay. That's yeah, that's that's what's that's the, archived. <laughs> I have to bring that to you. That's archived, man. That's that's on that's on cassette. <laughs> that's, let me tell you how old that is. It's on cassette. Do we have a cassette? Player? That's back when we stored music on little magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little little magic pieces of. <laughs> but uh, uh, I was watching a show recently. Look up "Peace Bastard." Is the name of the Peace? song "Peace Bastard"? Peace. That's the Bastard. song I did, and the name of the group was Resin Torque. Didn't you do? You did a script. On uh, using the title, I did, Bastard, which oh, leads us into the this future. Is, this is right? an idea that we just couldn't get away from. The right. old As, Peace Bastard. Well, that's that's the whole thing. It it I did that. I actually uh, turned uh, created a short script, short screenplay. Uh, it's about thirteen pages long, and um, it's based on the song that I wrote, mm-hmm. which originally was. A spoken word piece that I wrote, and I turned it into a heavy song. Like it's like it's hardcore. Mm-hmm. So I took the first verse and I used it in in the script. Okay. So the main character is performing this in a talent show. Uh, at, well, he's performing at an audition for the city talent show. That the uh, senator is a guest judge at. And, and the senator is about to sign uh, an order to cut the benefits to uh, the uh, military. Because it's about, it's about uh, veterans, war veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're at war, you know, they're, they're, they're heroes. But in peacetime, what are they? They're of no use. So that was the whole thing. That was the whole thing of the song. It's really good. I don't know if you could play it. If you're, you can oh, play. You can oh, click it. Play it, man. You mean this? Oh, that would have been so much better. <laughs> right, yeah, wow. <laughs> just gone. This is running an ad. I will not fight this war. This war is unjust. To get justice, he'd have to go outside the military. Is it here? Is it? No. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's the beginning. That's from a. There's a picture of. Somebody holding a mic. I don't that's know if me. That's you. Is that you? Public enemy shirt? Yeah. 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 And this is me. All I'm thinking about is how I'm going to rip this audio later to make this work for the episode. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> 
Nice. That holds up, man. It's good. Yeah. yeah. That's the Black Crows. And the break is Metallica. Reverse. You did this in like the 90s. Yeah, like 94, 93. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was thinking because I was like, you can definitely. This definitely feels like a yeah. 90s song. That drives, man. It's got that drive. Good. Wait till it gets to the break. You'll love it. It's for the metalheads. Oh, and I got oh. a skinhead part in there too. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. What? Okay. This? Yeah. We used to have. What song is that from? Uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but I know it's Metallica. I know it's Metallica. Wow. Yeah, we reversed it and flipped it. So you reminded me. I don't I don't remember how old I was. Maybe <laughs> eighth, ninth grade, but you reminded me. I might have been younger. I might have been more like sixth grade. There was a... <laughs> we're doing a contest. It was like your teacher tells you, if you want to write this thing, yeah. they're having a contest. And it was about, like, disabilities. Like, write a thing about somebody having a disability. So, <laughs> something in me, I wrote this, like, short play about this kid with a bad stutter who wanted to be a rapper. And the whole time I was writing it, I was thinking, like, of an episode of, like, Family Matters. I was making it real schmaltzy and make it, and I was following the exact kind of structure. And normally on a show like that, Everyone encourages them, yeah. and then they get up on stage, and they do it, and it's fine. Right. But in mine, the kid got up on stage and just stuttered his whole way through it and never got one line out. And then, and then when he got off stage, like, I still ended it positively. Like, everybody was like, it's okay. Sometimes you can't do everything. He was encouraged. <laughs> but I just, I couldn't stop laughing at the idea of him getting on stage Full of confidence, and then he's just <laughs> and he can't get anything so, out. So basically, you created Jimmy from South Park. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. Think about that. Yeah, that's it. The original Jimmy. Yeah, that's great. I, I gotta say, it is this one in particular is kind of interesting because not only do both of you have such a long career in this, but like both of you have so many multi-faceted talents that you've worked on over the years like uh, is uh, mm. as long as i've known you i didn't even know about the rap thing but like well, we did a movie together mm. bill's got a bad brain yeah. and like i know you've been a writer and an actor yeah. you know and i know alan's been a writer and he's been working on comic books so like are you aware of the what? hardcore band that i was in when i no. was like 16 do you got a recording is it you got I, music? now that I, well i'm probably not gonna be able to pull it up because my thing at home is dog shit but i could if if this works i can pull up the demo that we cut yeah, when i was awesome. a kid yeah i have to give, I was 16 I have to, 17 i have to give you a sample of the other stuff man it'd be like oh my god this is terrible we started, <laughs> this is <laughs> We this started, is why you didn't get signed, man. <laughs> we started as Weirdo, and then we changed our name to Sick Bay. And um, nice. this is not going to work because it never does. I've got a, a home like uh, hard drive that you're supposed to be able to access, but I never can't access it. <laughs> and I've like called them a hundred times, being like, "Hey, you sold me a piece of shit that never works." 
Did you uh, did you ever hear of a band around here back in the day? It's called Mega Smegma. <laughs> I never heard them, but I know that name. <laughs> yeah, I had friends so that awesome. would see them and tell them. Yeah, about them. that was awesome, man. That was so. That's a, that's, that's the crazy. one of the cool thing about Tampa is like we're the biggest little city. No one gives a Dude, shit about. Here's <laughs> like, the thing about this is what I yeah, always say yeah. about Tampa. People, you know, it's it's a real easy punchline. Oh, Tampa's right. stupid, you know. But it's like everything I ever wanted to be into was here. It's here, yeah. Right, when yeah. I wanted to be in a metal band, I was in a metal band. When we transitioned into hardcore, it was because hardcore made its way down here. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do stand up, and I walked right into it. There were no like I everything didn't have to build anything. You know, yeah. if you want a fruity arty community, we got it. If yeah. you want, you know, we've always had a pretty. Even in the times when it was rough to be this way, we had always had a pretty thriving gay community. Yeah, right. I mean, always, you know, as a matter of fact, and here's something that a lot of people don't know, that uh, Ebor, the whole thing of Ebor, where it is now, they owe that to the gay community. Oh, I don't Straight doubt it. Straight up. I'll tell you why. Because back in the day, when I was, when I was working down there at the Ritz, this was in the, in the early 90s, there was nothing down there. There was like a handful of places. Nobody was. Nobody would come down there. It was all the locals. There were like a, a couple clubs, a couple, mm-hmm. a couple of the restaurants, and that was it. Nobody was down there. This was, is back when they had that little that they called the strip where all the punk rock kids hung out. Is that everything was right there. Yeah. Well, Seventh Avenue. Yeah, that was it. And it's like, um, I don't know if you there was a, there was a place down there. Uh, these called the Honeycomb Hideout. But uh, it was there was a, a I think the, the, is still there. the Star Club. Do you remember the Star Club? No. The, the Star Club was a little sliver of where uh, Green Iguana was. It was like a it was almost like a hallway with a stage at the end. Okay. And there was a lot of underground shows, punk bands, Green Day played there. Holy Back shit. when there were nobodies. Back when they were driving around in a little yeah. van. They played there and they stayed at my friend's house. There's a documentary. <laughs> There's a documentary about um, I haven't seen it yet about the '80s Tampa scene. Yeah, the '80s. And again, it's like that Tampa's a punchline. But in this doc, I haven't seen it yet, but I've read about it. Like in this documentary, it was well known among the punk community. Like, be careful when you go to Tampa because those yeah. people are nuts. Yeah. And like when punk shows they would had come a scene, through. Man. When punk shows would come through, they would get violent and fucking weird. It was hardcore. <laughs> it was real hardcore. Well, Brass Mug, you too played Brass Mug. No, no I didn't. Really? Okay. Yes. Wow. On their first American tour, they played the Brass Mug. That's crazy. But but what happened with Ebor is um, the uh, the club, uh, what was it called? It was across from the Ritz. Uh, it was uh, El Goya before... And then it became. Ah, Isn't it the Bricks now, or like the? No, no, no. This is this is across the street. Okay. From that, but that used to be a big gay club, and uh, they were there. I mean, they it was a huge, awesome club. We used to go over there, like after we close up at three o'clock, and we'd go over there and, and hang out and and party some more, you know, because mm-hmm. they they just all hanging out and shit. Well. On Thursday nights, it became somehow unofficially it became like college night. Okay. So all the college kids would start showing up on Thursday nights at the gay club because mm. it was so huge and so cool. 
They had I great weed. I kind of remember this. Remember, and, like it was. Well, and they had. They even have, like the most homophobic dude you knew was like, "Oh, we yeah, can go on Thursday." The sink or swim <laughs> night. I kind of remember the sink or swim. Yeah, and they have like so. So you'd go and you get a mug and a, and you had sink or swim and you and you'd drink. Nice. And you pay at the door and then you drink all night. You know, so we'd go get and, and the college kids would start coming out there. Well, because there were so many people down there now, and and people wandering around, other places started to open up other like little restaurants and little uh little shops so it started to build on that and the cops would actually start to show up because they wouldn't show up man they have a they have a station down there now but they wouldn't even show up like we'd have concerts people would get beat up in the in the in the pit mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd have to drag them out you'd like call the cops hey we need the cuffs down here this is Guy sitting on the on the sidewalk <laughs> bleeding. Well, the guy kicked in the door. There's like glass everywhere. There's blood everywhere. He's bleeding. Oh, Half hour later, the cops stroll up. Ah, so what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's almost dead. I think he's, he's got a loss of blood. But it was one of those things where it just slowly built. And then the shops that that came in, like the record store, Blue Chair Records. I remember that was that was awesome. Uh, Tom Rowe used to run that, and he was the the uh, critic for the Creative Loafing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the uh, the chief editor, I think that I think he's the chief editor for Creative Loafing now in Tampa. Scott, he's my guitarist. Okay, really, <laughs> yeah. dude. Um, Rafik, you'll never know what Ebor was in the. Uh, Early early mid nineties. It was the coolest place in the world. It's because, a place that you want to be. Yeah, it I'm, was. It was not commercial. It wasn't it, New Orleans. And, and there was yeah. there were there was this one little area now that there's. I think it's a. It might even be where Centro Ebor was. It was this just gap. Pizza and on on your Ebor left, pizza and beer. There was this. It, everyone called it the Strip, and it was like between two streets. There was just this like weird little gap it's and like lined, yeah, like lined with stores, and that's where all the punk rock kids hung out. And there was and always you just like... walk into that area, and before you knew it, you were in a conversation with a total stranger, yeah. and it was just that's where everybody just there sat were around. Drum circles out there all the yeah. time. Wow! Right there, right where the uh, club is, where all that stuff is now, like the, the well, the central reboard. None of that was there. That was right next to the to the club was. Ebor Pizza and Subs. Ebor Pizza and Subs. You go in, you get a, a good big old slice, and they had a freaking video game in the back, and they had a, a foosball table back there, and uh, it was like three bucks. You get a slice of pizza and a drink, uh, and all that's gone. But that's yeah. all it was. It was all the, the, the building was closed. I will say this. like So I started coming around Ebor around like the 2000s. Right, because like I was going to college yeah, here, was already and then, built by that point. Yeah. Right, and like I like I hear the stories of the heyday, and I look at it now, and even as I look at it now, I go, "There's definitely like a spirit or a vibe that has been leaking out of that place mm-hmm. for a hot minute." You know what I mean? Because like I remember when I first got there, it was like, "Oh, there's a little bodega over here, and like there's a you know." gay bar over here, whatever, and now I go there, I'm like, there's a 7-Eleven and, like, a Starbucks, I think? Like, yeah. It's still, I, I, I don't feel like it's completely falling apart yet. I mean, 
what's weird about it is that it the the antibodies like when Centro first happened, there was a gap there. Mm. That gap bombed. Nobody wanted a gap. There. Yeah, right. You know, so there there's still definitely a spirit of like, you know, that that weird popsicle place, hippo or whatever. Yeah. It's like places yeah. like that pop up in Ebor, but yeah. the gap doesn't make it. Nobody wants a goddamn gap. Yeah, I think know? I think you have better luck if it's like a food. Yeah. venue or yeah. something like that but because, even then nobody would want a Chili's no no yeah no. it has to be something has to be something unique. with a theme or something that has like a, you know that's yeah it's got that unique little flavor oh this is unusual right I'll go in there well, I mean like hamburger yeah. but I mean like I still kind of feel like the spirit's leaving because like Hamburger Mary's for example was up there for a hot minute but like it's no more well what's up there now nothing well there was knowledge. something there before that too so she, that's not the first place it was there. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, when, you, when you're yeah. talking about, like, an original theme. Yeah. You know, I go, Ebor is getting, it's getting closer and closer to being like, yeah, why don't we try a Chili's? I mean, there's a <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings down there now. So, like, how original can the spirit you, be anymore? When you start you want, to see them clear out areas from the other streets, you're like, okay, here right. we go. Something's about to come up, man. If you but want to talk about like <laughs> boy, those wings are delicious. <laughs> Try the ones on Seventh Avenue, and he was really, really great. No, if you want to talk about being in Tampa and being able to find whatever you want to find, it wasn't. It occurred to me as you guys were talking. It wasn't just that I found metal and I found hardcore. You also I found was, Jesus. I was specifically, <laughs> specifically, it was the Christian metal scene. And the, and all the bands that I was listening to showed up in Tampa at least once. Wow. These bands like so think about how small death metal is, and then think about how small Christian death metal is, <laughs> and I saw all those bands. Well you gotta you know think I mean? that uh most of death metal actually well, that's came Tampa, out of yeah. Tampa, out of Brandon specifically. Right. So I mean it's not like it's it's not like they're not going to come to the homeland, you right. know. We got to go to the suburbs, Brandon, man. But I, I basically <laughs> discovered with my friends. We discovered uh, in the late, I say early '90s, uh, Christian metal was getting really good, and bands like Vengeance and Deliverance yeah. and Living Sacrifice and those guys were popping up, and um, and it just so happened that there was a church here that supported that stuff, and so they were bringing all, and it was just again. I grew up in a city where everything yeah. I was into, I found with minimal effort. That's cool. You know, we got to open for a couple of uh, metal bands. Like who? Actually, I had uh, Tap Ghost and Phobia open them back when they were Black Saturday. I had because I was managing them on the side. I had them opening for bands like well, we opened for um, the Hardcores and Infectious Grooves. These are like uh, well, you don't probably know them now. But yeah, they were they were like uh, you know running the circuit and everything. And the guy, the lead singer from Infectious Groups, was from another group. Uh, uh, was it Suicidal Tendencies? I think that, he was also a lead from right. Suicidal Tendencies. I can't remember. But yeah, there was there was a couple different groups. Uh, yeah, Black Saturday had opened. For, they they'd uh, done shows with uh, Mortuary. Oh, wow. oh, these guys like that. Yeah, it was like that. I got <laughs> That's a hell of a show. I got huh? flyers, man. I got. I have to. I have to show you the flyers, man. I still got the flyers. That's pretty funny. But yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty dope. It's crazy so, stuff, man. It's, it's just about that time. On how about this? Oh. So how about this? Where we uh, we introduce you to someone that. Uh, how do we feel about this guy? Do we love him? Do we hate him? 
I don't. I don't know anymore. Uh, so I, I've come to the conclusion <laughs> that I hate what he stands for. Okay. But I, oh I, I kind of respect who he is. Do I want to uh, know this? Do I, I, he, I feel he's, he's been around so long. You might have actually worked with him. I, I first of all, oh, here we go. Coming in, <laughs> I thought to myself, Tony might know this guy. Um, he's gonna get me in trouble. So I, I know. No, 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 I feel, Rafiq, like you don't respect him. I feel like maybe you've been... Something is... You've gone through some trauma. <laughs> you think I, this is like a Stockholm there's, Syndrome yeah, thing? I'm just like, no, I love him. Like, there's some Ed-related trauma that we need to address. Uh, Tony, it's time for me to pass across the table for you. Oh, are we filming this? Is this yeah, how important this is? Okay. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> Uh, Tony, just okay. your at? reactions to this as I pass across the table to you. I can't see. I'm going to put on my glasses. Uh-oh. Ed the Machine? Mm -hmm. What? Regine? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen Well, you got his autograph. I sure do. <laughs> Is he funny? Well, you're about to find out. <laughs> Tells a hundred of the funniest jokes he ever heard. Yeah, he's ever heard. Uh-huh. So basically, he's he's a hack that recorded all the jokes that he stole. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> let, let, let's, let's I like, like him this. already. If, uh, if he stole these jokes... He probably should have just left him where he found him. <laughs> but I will say this for all Ed, because I didn't know this. Apparently, he was in a Quentin Tarantino movie that just he recently came out. He was the waiter in the newest Tarantino film. Really? Once the time in Mexico. Or Mexico, what? whatever it's called. Mexico. <laughs> Hollywood. Uh, yeah, and I didn't notice him. That which hurts my heart because if I had seen him, oh I would have freaked the fuck out. <laughs> How did he get that part? Well, if you look him up on IMDb, he's he's like in the background of a lot, like with Tom Hanks movie oh, really? and a Tarantino movie. Like he's, you know, he, he says a couple words in a lot of movies. I think he he's was got... in like Wag the Dog. Oh, I didn't see that. And like, I saw one, some movie I never heard of. He's got an boat. agent that's getting him seen. Yeah. Man. yeah. I never I even heard of the movie, lines. but it was like on the poster was Tom Hanks and uh, Juliet. No, what's her name? Julia Roberts. Man. Really? I've lost all care or concern about celebrity <laughs> at this point in my life. Is that her name? Is it Julia Roberts? All right, yeah. Her. That one. The one from the movie. Oh, my God. Now... I will say this so we can just point out how well Ed's doing because he wasn't a major motion picture. Mm -hmm. If you go to Ed's website, the only thing he sells as far as CDs are concerned is this one. <laughs> <laughs> so in all the years Ed has been doing this, this is the sum total of his work. This is, this is, this is, I mean, once you've created this... Where where can you even go? And he's making his own CDs. Yeah, he's burning his own thing. Yeah, that's a wow. That's a thin. Yeah, this so, is what I used to use. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna start with uh, we've we've done the first twenty four. We're oh, gonna you, do twenty five. Oh, you're going through. A, yeah. Going? Could you tell wow. us the name of twenty five? Twenty five. Oh, we have enough light here. It's twenty five. Uh. Oh, I can't. Hitchhiker? Hitchhiker. 
Um, hitchhiker, number 25. Tony, will it surprise you to know that this will not be about a hitchhiker? Because he got all the titles scrambled. Maybe when, it's the next one. The next one's called At the Urinal. No, it's it's never... It's it's not one off. He took the titles and just wrote them. And so far, out of 24, one of them has been right. So which I would like to point out, as you said, only one of them has been right. And that was the only time where we were like, Oh my goodness! Ed got it, and then we immediately went back to, no, he didn't. <laughs> you know what that is? That's setting expectations. <laughs> so when you hear one that's right, you're like, this guy's good. I mean, out of 100, <laughs> statistically, you have to get, I think, so the apparently, like 20% or something of them right. So, so how many of these does he have? Is it 100? There's it's, a, 100. it's 100 of the funniest jokes he's ever heard. So then he's... Right now, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's one. He's one for Ninety-eight percent wrong. Yeah. So here's number twenty-five. Oh, uh, this is gonna be painful. It's only fifty-eight seconds long. Thank okay. God. So this third-grade class in New York, the teacher says, "Okay, class, today our assignment is to use the word beautiful in a sentence." So little Johnny raises his hand. Yes, Johnny. Uh, my mom is beautiful. Uh, very good, Johnny. Anyone else? Susie. Uh, the trees outside are beautiful. Oh, very good, class. She said, but this seems to be a little too easy. Let's try to make it a little more difficult. Let's use the word beautiful twice in a sentence. So the class is quiet for a minute, and then finally a little Carmine in the back raises his hand and says, Well, teach, my sister, she's 16 years old, and she came home from school the other day and told my father she was pregnant. And he said, beautiful, fucking beautiful. Whoa! What is this? <laughs> What is happening? I don't know. Why is the music? Is that the first time it's been music? Yes. You know what that is? What the fuck was that? Wait, I'm gonna make a video. I'm gonna open this thing right quick. And the I'm, very first track that had that's a just, wacky. I bet that's the closer. Let's see. Oh, you're a genius. Is it? I can't read it. Nope, number 100 is Dinner Table. Oh. No, but the, I think you're right, because the very first track starts with wacky music. music. So, that's just, so he got that, but it wasn't he right. He put the, the music on the wrong on track. track. <laughs> that has to be it. Or, just to give you a little break from the hilarity, he's doing it every 25 tracks. <laughs> well, can I ask you this? Like, you're so... Oh, this guy's hurt. Like, listen, I can't take this all this comedy. I have to take a little break. Give him a, give him a little music uh, interlude there. Right. So why don't you? So this guy. Sorry. Go ahead. After you complete your mission of listening, <laughs> why don't you have give him a call? That's what I want in and life. Interview him on the right show there. about this CD. <laughs> that we. Find out we which, don't know. I mean, with all that celebrity. What's his marketing genius behind <laughs> <Right>. this? <laughs> we are giving him a lot of free publicity yeah, for this. Yeah, I know. Um, I think... We'll get him into a better film. I want, <laughs> I want him yeah. on the podcast. Get more lines. I don't know if I will be uh, respectful toward him or if I will berate him the whole time. But regardless, once the interview's over... I in front of him will shoot myself. Well, you know, well here's here's how you, here's how you approach that because you want to find out what the hell was he thinking yeah. with right. this CD. 
But the guy has good stories, or they'll seem good, about his movie experiences. Yeah. You know, it's right. like it's like you don't have to, you know. Tell us about Once Upon You're getting, a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and tell us, by the way. <laughs> tell me about track 42. <laughs> I, I think you're right, Tony. I think that was supposed to be the last put track. On the wrong. <laughs> well, he track. didn't. He put the titles in a jar and just pulled them out. And he didn't. Well, he didn't match even them edit up. the song to the right bit. Right here. He's going to put this on the last track. It's gonna this play the thing music. never stops giving. <laughs> right? It just, just when I thought I'd heard it all from Ed. We've done 25 of these. And fucking, he just, he keeps throwing the curveballs. God damn it, Ed. That's how you keep people intrigued. Here's the, the thing I'm very curious about now, right, is because, again, look, took a look at his website, still fucking selling these. Yeah. So if we bought... So no, that, that just means one. he, he just, overprinted them. That's like the Rubik's Cube of CDs. Right. <laughs> What's it going to land on? I, I'm just saying, if you bought another one of these, are you going to go through the same thing, or is it going to be completely different? <laughs> In my oh, day, I mean, he couldn't have produced each one individually. I, I you never I, know. <laughs> I can't. I can't accept that at all. He may have one hundred versions of one hundred funniest jokes, and if you get one with a golden ticket, <laughs> you get the CD in order. <laughs> then, then you get to visit Ed's Joke Factory <laughs> with magical midgets running around. <laughs> Telling the same sixth grade street jokes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come to love. Oh, That's Jesus. amazing, man. Oh, Ed, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so hard. <laughs> All right, Rafiq, tell us what number 26 is not going to be about. <laughs> number 26 is not going to be about at the urinal. Yeah. It's already funny. Right. I'm already <laughs> laughing. Before you click. So this guy oh, oh before I click. Too late. No, no, it's too late. Go ahead. Go ahead, no. No, I was going to say it's going to start with the, you hear the urinal. Oh, that's no, way too artistic. Yeah, so, I know. Every joke does start but with... But we already word. know it doesn't. <laughs> every joke does start with the word so. <laughs> so this guy walks into a bathroom and he stands up at the urinal and the next one is a black guy. Hey! Woo! 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 All right, two for two, Ed! 26 tracks, he's got two right! You crazy bastard! By the way, the, the guy next to him was a black guy, so we're gonna see where this goes. Oh, Ed, alright, we're starting over. Here we go. Deep, too. So this guy walks into a bathroom and he stands up at the urinal, and next to him is a black guy. And he says to the black guy, he said, Pardon me, he says, I don't mean to be rude or disrespectful. He said, But can you help me out and answer my question? And he says, Why do you guys have such big penises and are so good at sex? Okay. And the black guy says, Well, it's, let me tell you, this is how we do it. He says, we put it in real slow, and we take it out real slow. Then we put it in real fast and take it out real fast. And that's how we do it. So the guy says, wow, thanks. So he goes home. And that night he has sex with his wife. And it's awesome. And when it's all done, he says, hey, honey, did you notice anything different? She says, yeah, you just fucked me like a black man. What? <laughs> I just, that, okay. Maybe the music was supposed to be on that track. Right. <laughs> Why do you have big penises and fuck so good? Here's how you fuck. That's not the answer to that question. No, it's not. I would also like Oh, to my fuck. God. 
Oh my oh, god. I'd also like to point out that there is absolutely no way you would walk up to a dude at the urinal and start off with that question. It's not even like, hi, how you doing? It's like, hey, how do you fuck so good? I got a nice Why do you have big penises? (laughs) Why is that? Can you give me the science behind that, please? (laughs) Stranger at the urinal. (laughs) That was one of the worst ones yet. I like how it's not even like a joke. That one like... The the punchline is, you fuck like a black guy. And it's like, that's just a statement of fact in this universe. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Uh, that's, that, that one took something out of me. Right. That one really... I hope the next one starts yeah. with so... Well, let's find out. I bet it does. <laughs> so these 12 priests are about to enter priesthood. Of course it did. And the bishop isn't sure if they're ready or not. So he says, I'm going to try something a little different with you guys. He lines them all up and says, here's what's going to happen. You're going to take all your clothes off and you're going to be God. naked. And I want you to tie this bell and you're gonna be your naked. penis. And I'm going to have beautiful naked women walk by you. And if anybody's bell starts ringing, I know you're not ready. So the 12 guys get naked. They put the bell on their penises. And they're standing there. And these beautiful women start walking by. And one guy's bell starts ringing violently. So much so that it falls off and hits the ground. And when he bends over to pick it up, 11 other bells start ringing. No, because they were homosexuals. So this couple... I would like to point out something. By the way, that if you didn't notice, that other one started with the word so. I would like to point out something. It is now officially three for three because that joke was titled 12 Priests. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Could it be that we're... That something happened with just the first 25... <laughs> But the rest of them are okay. <laughs> Let's mix a quarter of them up. <laughs> Could it be that the first 25 were his first CD that he sold, and then he just recorded 75 more on the back I of that? I don't know, dude. <laughs> so because rough. number 27 is 12 priests. Oh, my God. Number 28 is 60 years married, so... You're going to take off your clothes. So you're gonna be naked. That's that right there. That's what he does, man. Right. He just he he has to like. I guess he thinks the word naked is funnier. Did so you see this guy live? My sister-in-law bought that for me on a cruise, and uh, so was, he's working cruises. Yeah, it was yeah, a sincere gift because she liked it. He was him. on the uh, Tonight Show, Jay Leno. Yeah, he this was guy's some... getting paid a lot of money on those cruises, right? <laughs> to say so. So, so this guy, oh, no, 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 no. so this ah, guy no, no, no. walks into a kitchen. Uh, so the woman, huh? <laughs> um, usually, I don't say usually. That mean that's a little bit of a stretch. But often Ed elevates the room, and everybody kind of has a good time laughing at Ed. I feel like Ed really brought down the room today. Yeah, I, I feel a little sadder. I'm upset at Ed. <laughs> right. Tony's not happy. How you doing over there, Big? You know what? I, again, I, I go, uh, I don't respect what he stands for at all. But you know what? I mean, look, he sold this. You he said you respected him. No, I'm saying I don't respect what he stands for. I respect the man because he fucking sold this. Oh I give God. him credit for keeping a couple of those things in order. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> good job, Ed. So he's up to three. Yeah. He you got three my, of them right. You know what my favorite thing Foreshadowing. is? Foreshadowing. 
Oh yeah, the closer was pretty good. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Closer when you when, if you ever yeah. listen to the, at the urinal again, <laughs> the thing I find so amazing about that, and I didn't think about this until now, is Ed sounds depressed when he's talking about it. <laughs> so it almost sounds like Ed is co- like has gained a conscious at some point of like. Oh man, these are good. <laughs> <laughs> but sounds I've like, committed to this. Sounds like he's reading. Right. You know, he's just like sitting there reading so. Right. Like, he, like he's just got a Prairie Home Companion joke book open his lap. I'm, I'm going, now you haven't heard as much as we have, Tony, but I'm going the complete opposite because the number of times he started filling in details that he didn't need to fill in and oh, yeah. almost started going off the track and had to bring oh, himself back. Okay. He's he's just spitting these jokes out he heard when he was in sixth grade. And then he just thinks that they're fucking hilarious. Well, they're the 100 funniest jokes, jokes he's, he's ever, ever heard. He so. has. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah so just, that was just, it. Yeah, just remember when you're not getting booked at, you know, yeah. insert comedy club and theater. Ed's getting work. <laughs> right? Ed, oh, Ed. Ed's getting comedy part or movie getting movie parts. parts. <laughs> Freaking selling his thin CD. <laughs> I bet you he's selling this. Thin jewel ass CD. I bet you he's selling it on the lot, too. Man, that's funny. Oh, yeah, man. DiCaprio's walking by. Yeah, he's like, hey, Leo, you want to buy a CD? <laughs> I've got my version of this. Don't worry. Um, so I'm on the set with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> that would almost be the start of a joke, though. So you can't give that to Ed. <laughs> So I'm hanging out with... That'll uh, be his next CD. Elephant. Well, it's been an hour. I'm miserable. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Tony, it's been excellent having you here. Ed's a dick. <laughs> Ed's a real piece of shit. <laughs> He's a peace bastard. <laughs> He's a peace bastard. <laughs> Tony, you got anything you want to... This won't be out soon, but anything long-term, social, social media, or anything you want to tell us about? No. No. <laughs> like, I don't want anything associated with my I'm working on some stuff, but there's nothing that people are going to be, uh, I can tell them time and place right now. So. Well, can they Just keep it. Yeah, you can follow Twitter. me. Yeah, follow me on social media. Tony God. G-A-U-D. Oh, not God. like the Lord. Not like the Lord, more like gaudy. That's mm, <laughs> yeah. a cheap, shiny object. You should That's go. Basically. You should do a little bit more of a Liberace thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, I was thinking about it. Thinking yeah, about like it. A, a little glitter. Yeah. <laughs> a little more glitter would help. A little more glitter. But yeah, just funnier uh, than that. Yeah, follow me on there, and uh, you know, I usually uh, announce stuff and you know things, projects I'm doing, dates I'm I'm gonna be performing, and. Uh, Anything like that, yeah. And sometimes I'll post, you know, like throwbacks of, you know, some of the stuff like from the music scene, back of the music days, mm-hmm. and the we want to hear some deuces. Early comedy, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to get the get the <laughs> right. record. I have to find it, man. But I think there's like maybe one or two. Was it a letter R? Deuces letter R. Hell yeah! Was it? Yes. 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 <laughs> of course. And it was a card. Oh yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was everything you thought it was going to be. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I'll have to get that for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to, if you want to check out the music, if you want to go on YouTube and find some of this stuff, I I think I've actually got um, a couple of things on a playlist on my page. Nice. So, yeah. So you can go in there and goof on me. <laughs> all right. Well, that's really what all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Where can I insult him? Right here. Yeah, we're very convenient. 
That's what social media is for, right? That's it, man. Well, I'm Alan Dempsey. And I am Rafiq Shaheen. And with us was Mr. Say it again. Tony God. Tony God. And thank you again, Tony, for being here. It's been a blast. Thanks, brother. So, how about that? So, how about this? How about it? How about it? How about this?